Hello and happy Saturday, or whenever it is, to all you listeners and lovers of cartoons. Welcome to Kelby's Cartoon Corner, the show where we discuss all the best cartoons. From 90s Nicktoons to current adult animation. And by we, I mean me, Kelby. Alone in my bedroom, not in the living room anymore, so I don't have to kick my roommate out of the house every time that I record. So if it is Saturday when you're listening, I hope you have some comfy pants and maybe a snack or four. I mean, regardless of what day it is, I hope you have comfy pants and snacks, but you know, especially if it's Saturday. But no matter what day it is, get comfy, grab a snack, and let's talk about cartoons. Happy 2 a.m. It is currently... Oh, it's 2.20 a.m. I was going to start recording this at 1 a.m. And then I decided to bake zucchini bread. So I couldn't, like, walk away. I couldn't, like, be on the opposite end of the house. So now it's 2 a.m. We're recording an episode. It's technically Saturday morning. Madison's at work. My internet connection is, like, toast. I can't get any music playing in the background of this. So I kind of feel like I'm going insane. But that's fine. It's not like there's anybody here to, like, witness me spiraling into insanity. So I guess we're okay except the cats. Just be me and the cats going insane. That's okay. Before we really get into this, I just wanted to say what a wonderful experience it was to revisit Hey Arnold. If this was a show that you grew up watching, or if you remember it at all, I highly recommend that you watch it, at least an episode or whatever. Maybe you have really fleeting memories of a single episode, or you just want to hear the theme song again. If you're in the U.S., it's available on Hulu, or you can order the box set on Amazon. I have done both. I streamed it this past watch, but I also own the DVDs. Either way, I promise you won't be disappointed. The show is just as good as you remember it being, if not better, because everything gets better with age. It's just nice to watch something and just remember what it felt like to be a kid and to be, like, so carefree. Like, a kid, you know, in the late 90s and the early 2000s, like we were, just, like, growing up and being able to go out and kind of do whatever, just, you know, doing kid stuff. It's kind of nice just to remember what that felt like, and that's what Hey Arnold feels like. I seriously cannot say enough good things about this show. As of typing the script, I'm almost done with season two, but there's no way that I'm going to finish the whole show before I have to record this episode. Ooh, that's really meta. I I did not finish season two. I think I have two episodes left of season two, and then I will start season three. Like, I'm going to continue to watch it. I just did not have time to do that before I started typing and then you know, subsequently started recording. I had no time to watch the whole thing. It's a lot. It's a lot of show. But it's, you know, it's not, there's no, like, plot to it. It's just, like, individual little snippets of kids doing kid stuff. So I didn't feel like I really needed to watch the whole thing. But it was really fun to, you know, the the episodes that I did watch, it was really fun to watch them. So let me set the scene for you in case you've never seen Hey Arnold, which I, I can't imagine that there's a single person out there that doesn't at least have a passing knowledge of Hey Arnold. But anyway, uh, I want you to think back, because Hey Arnold is centered around a group of fourth graders. Do you remember what it was like to be in fourth grade? I feel like that's the apex of childhood, because you're, like, you're old enough that you can, you know, you could be out on your own, like, riding your bike and doing whatever, and your parent, like, you're, how old are you when you're in fourth grade? Like, eight or nine? Maybe ten, if your birthday is kind of early in the year? But, like, you're old enough that you can go out and you can do stuff on your own, but you're still a kid, like, to the point where nobody's really expecting you to, like, I mean, maybe you have chores or, you know, around the house, but nobody's expecting you to really, like, pull your own yet because you're nine. Like, nobody's expecting you to do all that. Uh, My favorite teacher through all of elementary school was my fourth grade teacher. It was the first time that my then best friend and I had the same teacher. It was really exciting. Fourth grade was a fun year for us. 
And fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher was my first male teacher. I didn't have my first male teacher until I was in fourth grade. I have so many good memories of fourth grade, and I hope you do too. I hope you had a happy childhood, because that's, it really makes a difference on how you grow up if you had a happy childhood. If you didn't, I'm really sorry. Like, there's nothing I can do. Like, I'm just a podcast person. But like, (laughs) I hope you had a happy childhood. This episode's going to be real fun, y'all, because it's 2 a.m. I'm slowly getting more tired. I drank a cup of coffee like three hours ago, hoping that I would be like ready to go. And it's, it's wearing. So we're going (laughs) to, we're going to try to do this kind of fast. Okay, so fourth grade. Do you remember the neighborhood that you grew up in? Do you remember the kids in that neighborhood? Were there any urban legends in your town or in your school? Actually, if there were, I would love to hear stories about urban legends from your town or your elementary school or your just your neighborhood that you grew up in. I'd love to hear stories of that kind of stuff. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Kelby underscore cartoons. I'm going to say that again at the end, but, you know, just... Hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to hear your urban legend stories. I don't know that we had any. If we did, I don't remember them. But I really don't think we did. Ooh, no, that's not an urban legend. Nope, that's a thing that actually happened. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'll have to ask. I think I have a couple of the like my neighborhood kids on Facebook. I'll have to ask and see if anybody remembers anything. One of the things that I loved really early on about revisiting Hey Arnold was the fact that it all felt so real. So many of the cartoons that I watched as a kid and so much of what pulls me in now are shows about extraordinary people dealing with huge cosmic problems. And it's really nice to have a show that felt real. I shared on my Facebook when I first started watching that every single episode feels like a greatest hits list of childhood memories. Like, if you were to get all the kids from your old neighborhood together, those are the kinds of things that you would talk about. Like, remember that winter when it snowed and Grandpa turned the whole road into an ice rink and we spent the whole day playing hockey? Or remember the treehouse and the baseball diamond? And remember when Stoop Kid finally left his stoop? That's like the urban legend thing coming into play. And there's some, like, really fantastic episodes, too. Not, like, you know, like, wild beyond belief, but, like, there's some more, like, fantastical elements of this show. But for the most part, like, none of them felt so fantastic that they couldn't happen in any neighborhood to any group of kids. And that's what made the show one of the reasons that the show was so good. Um... I know, like, okay, Doug was the same way. It was just about a normal kid dealing with normal kid stuff. And for some reason, I couldn't get into Doug, but I really loved Hey Arnold. And I don't know why. I don't, like, I don't know. Because I, because maybe it was just because I don't have as much memory with Doug as I do with Hey Arnold. Like, Hey Arnold, I remember. I remember lots of episodes of Hey Arnold. Doug, I kind of only remembered the theme song. And I remembered liking it when I was younger. But I didn't really remember... Like, I couldn't remember any specific episode of Doug. I was just like, oh yeah, I kind of remember the show. And so I thought that was enough to pull me into the show, and it was not. So, but then Hey Arnold is basically the same thing, but I guess it's just because I have more memory with Hey Arnold than Doug. But, you know, whatever. One of the things that makes the show feel really real, but also sometimes a little bit more fantastic, are the urban legends that are introduced through the show. As of right now... I'm, like, getting ready to start season three, so I haven't seen all of the urban legends, and I really don't remember a whole lot of them. But so far, I've seen uh, Stoop Kid, Pigeon Man, The Haunted Train, Wheezing Ed, or Wheezing Ed, whatever, uh, Big Caesar, and Four-Eyed Jack. Those are the only ones that I've seen. I also, like, I kind of remember Monkey Man, but I haven't seen that episode yet. And I think there's also one where there's, like, a... Is it... 
something about like a haunted bride or something like that. I have very like fleeting memories of something about that, but I haven't seen uh, recently. I haven't seen those episodes. So so far, I've only seen a handful. I think Pigeon Man and Stoop Kid are the two most iconic urban legends of the show. I think those are the two that everybody remembers. I feel like a lot of people also remember Monkey Man, but again, I haven't seen that far into the show yet, so I haven't, I don't have anything to say about those. I'm only going to talk about uh, Pigeon Man and Stoop Kid, who even, I think even people who have like a passing knowledge of Hey Arnold remember Stoop Kid, or at least they remember the like chance of the neighborhood kid kids who are yelling that Stoop Kid is afraid to leave his stoop. I mean, that's basically the entire point of that episode. There's a kid in the neighborhood who doesn't, he doesn't have a first name. They just call him Stoop Kid. Like, I don't know if he actually, there's like uh, conflicting information about how this kid ended up leaving, living on this stoop. Some say that he was like dropped there. Some say that he like, he was just born on the stoop and that's where he's always been. Again, it's an urban legend, so, like, nobody really knows. But he lives his entire life on the stoop of this building. Like, he has a TV, he has a lawn chair, a hammock, he has a mini fridge. And, like, that kind of lifestyle poses a lot of questions for me as an adult. If Stoop Kid never leaves his stoop, where does he get food? Does he ever bathe? Does he ever go inside the building where he lives? Or does he really spend his entire life on this stoop? First of all, y'all y'all know we're in quarantine. Can y'all imagine, like, okay... Y'all are stuck at home, but you can still go to, like, the store or, you know, you can go outside or whatever. Can you imagine living your entire life on a stoop of a building? It's, like, maybe, uh, like, maybe five feet by five feet. It's just, like, a square. And he's got his whole life on this stoop. I just can't imagine living in that itty-bitty, itty-bitty living space. So Stoop Kid has become a legend because he's afraid to leave his stoop. That's like his whole identity. He lives on the stoop of this building and he's afraid to leave. He will not leave. But he's going to terrorize anybody that walks by. So one day all the kids are playing football on the street and they kick the ball in front of Stoop Kid's stoop. He yells at Arnold when he goes to get the ball, but then all the kids realize that he isn't a real threat because he won't leave the stoop. He's just going to, like, the farthest he'll get is that very last step, but he won't step off of it. So he'll yell and scream at you the whole time that you're standing near his stoop, but he's not going to chase you off of it. So then everybody realizes that he's not really a threat. Like, for the longest time, all these kids in the neighborhood have been terrified of Stoop Kid, and then they realize that he won't leave, so they're like, oh, well, just, you know, throw a Frisbee over there and go get it, because Stoop Kid's not going to do anything. So... After Arnold goes back and gets the football and he realizes that Stoop Kid isn't going to do anything because he won't leave the stoop, he goes back and talks to him. And over a few days, weeks, I have no idea how long, like uh, time is, time is a construct, but like, I have no idea how time passes in the show. Anyway, they work and eventually Stoop Kid is able to leave the stoop and the whole neighborhood shows up. And I think it actually makes the news. I feel like they have a news crew there that's like filming Stoop Kid. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, he's leaving. Everybody go. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, it makes the news. Arnold and Stoop Kid talk about all the things that he can do now that he is actually able to leave his stoop. But Stoop Kid says that this just means that he can chase people. So, like... He's still going to live his entire life on this stoop, but, like, now if somebody <laughs> if somebody kicks something into, like, the yard out in front of him, that just means that now he can chase them. So, he's like, okay, Arnold just, like, kind of accepts that as kind of a win, and he's like, alright, well, you just live your life, man. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> the other urban legend that I think is really popular is Pigeon Man, and I feel like you either... Uh, like, this is, like, 
the episode that I remember of Hey Arnold is the Pigeon Man episode. I don't know why. I don't know why this episode stuck with me for 20 years, but it is. I don't know. I don't control what happens in my brain. Personally, I feel like Pigeon Man is someone who could really exist. Maybe not pigeons exclusively, because that's kind of, like, off the wall. But I feel like everybody can imagine someone who feels more at home with animals than with people. Pigeon Man just happens to feel comfortable with pigeons. I Again, I, I didn't write it. I don't know. It's weird, but it's alright. Arnold has not, like, a pet pigeon, but, like, a pigeon that comes around, and he's trained, and he named it Chester... I don't remember exactly what happens, but Chester gets sick or something. I really don't remember. But Arnold mentions it to the other kids, and Gerald tells the tale of Pigeon Man. So Arnold goes to see Pigeon Man uh, to try to figure out if he's real, and he is. So Arnold leaves Chester with Pigeon Man, trusting that he's going to be okay. And so then, a couple days later, Arnold comes back to check on him, and he sees that Chester is feeling better. And then... He starts talking to Pigeon Man and learning a little bit about him. Pigeon Man says that he basically left society because he didn't fit in. He was too weird. So Arnold offers to take him out for pizza to repay him for taking care of his bird. And uh, Pigeon Man says, sure, you know, whatever. He says, I think he says, the one thing that I miss is pizza. And Arnold's like, well, hey, let's go get pizza. Like, you helped heal my bird. Like, the least I can do is buy you a slice of pizza. And they live in, like whatever, Seattle slash Brooklyn slash, I don't remember what the third city is. Portland? Is that it? Uh, I, I think the name of the city is called Hillwood, but it's like modeled after three different cities. But hey, if they're in Brooklyn, you know they're going to get good pizza. So they go and they get some pizza. While they're gone, some of the neighborhood boys come up to the roof and destroy all of Pigeon Man's stuff. They wreck the bird cages, spill the bird seed, and they make a huge mess. I don't really think that the original intention of that was to wreck everything. I think Harold suggested they go up and just, like, move the bird seed from one side of the roof to the other to, like, play a prank on Pigeon Man. It was supposed to be just, like, a harmless little prank, but it spiraled out of control because one of the boys got really scared by one of the pigeons. So then when Arnold and Pigeon Man come back from dinner, they see the mess, and Pigeon Man knows that he and the birds will never really be happy in the city. He decides to leave the city with his birds, but he thanks Arnold for showing him that there are good people in the world. The music that plays as Pigeon Man flies away is some of the most beautiful music in the show, in my opinion. I love it. It gives the scene, like, emotional weight. I just... There's something about having really good music in the background of a really like an already kind of emotional scene, and the music is just like the cherry on top of it. But I really appreciate the music that plays as Pigeon Man flies away. The Pigeon Man episode always makes me kind of sad. Like, sure, he's a little bit weird, but he's still a good guy. Arnold is the light of that episode because otherwise it really brings out all the worst parts of humanity. We naturally recoil from things or from people that we don't understand or people who don't fit into the mold of society. Like, Pigeon Man was once a normal kid, but he learned about pigeons and he became obsessed with them to the point that, like, nobody would talk to him. Like, would the same thing have happened if he had become obsessed with whales or trains or cars? Would he have been car guy? No, car guy sounds really cool. Car guy sounds like the kind of guy who works at a body shop and just knows a bunch of stuff about cars. Like, all makes and models of cars from, like, a hundred years ago. Like, he just knows everything about all the cars. That sounds really cool. But just because he became obsessed with this animal that was a little bit weird, all of a sudden, nobody wanted anything to do with him. I feel like Pigeon Man could still be a contributing member of society and love pigeons. If 
someone like Arnold had come around a little bit sooner. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to also be obsessed with pigeons, but, like, just show him that, yo, it's okay to like pigeons. And that's what Arnold was trying to do, but I think it was kind of, like, too little too late at that point, because I think Pigeon Man was ready to move on before all this, you know, everything, all the destruction happened. And then that was just, like, the final, he was like, oh, okay, yes, we're, we're ready to go. Here we go. One thing that kind of frustrates me about this episode as an adult is the fact that the boys never really learn the consequences of their actions. They just wrecked this man's entire life. Like, I know they didn't mean to. I know that it was just, like, a harmless thing. Because, again, originally it was just, like, let's go up to the roof and move the bird seed from this side of the roof to this side of the roof. Like, it wasn't supposed to be, but then they got scared by a pigeon and it just spiraled. But, like, just because they didn't mean to wreck everything does not mean that their actions don't have consequences. I kind of wish that they had shown a little more remorse or maybe, like, Arnold could have brought them to learn about pigeons. Like, this was an episode that just kind of felt like the story was a little bit incomplete. Or, like, the story is one- it, it was one-sided because Arnold is supposed to be the main character of the story. But, you know, I just felt like- I just felt like they could have done something. Like, the boys could have come back and helped, like, sweep up the bird seed and be like, oh, no, we're sorry. Like, we didn't mean to, like, wreck your life. I don't know. I felt like they could have done something a little bit different. But- that's one of the things that makes Hey Arnold so good. Not every episode ends with a problem being solved. Sometimes there is no conflict re resolution, and the kids just kind of have to accept that. This episode ended with Pigeon Man leaving, and Arnold couldn't really do anything to make him stay. Along that same vein, Hey Arnold is one of the only animated shows for kids or adults where characters are actively seen taking time to quietly reflect, like, alone to themselves. I feel like this wouldn't be totally unusual for something like Steven Universe, but I can't think of a specific scene where Steven is just, like, or, you know, anybody, is just alone and sitting and thinking. But in Hey Arnold, Arnold is frequently seen taking time to just sit in his bedroom and think. He lays on the couch, jazz music plays, and he's just sitting in silence. Well, not really in silence, because usually when he's... He is laying in silence, but usually there's a little, like, track playing over it of Arnold, like, rethinking, you know, something that Grandpa said, or something that happened at school that day, and how he could have done it a little bit differently, but Arnold himself is still and quiet, and he's just laying and thinking. The jazz playing over these scenes is really what makes it. There's something about jazz music. It's slow and introspective. The music through the whole show is great, and I'm really glad that they chose jazz to be the genre that represented this show. I think for a lot of kids, Hey Arnold was their first experience with jazz in, you know, the real world, quote-unquote, outside of, you know, a music class or something. It was their first time being really, you know, immersed in jazz. I am going to use this as my PSA to everyone to take some time to slow down and just listen to some jazz. It's just search for jazz on YouTube and you'll come across some really good playlists. There's like a coffee house jazz, there's smooth jazz, there's jazz for sleeping. There's, you know, there's a jazz for every for every mood. Also, along that vein, just listen to some instrumental music in general. It doesn't have to be classical. Um I put this out on my personal Twitter the other day. I hope that you listen to classical music or just instrumental music in general. I hope that you appreciate music without words. I, if you don't already do that, look up the score to your favorite uh, Disney or Pixar movie because they're all excellent. Up, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, and Monsters, Inc. are some of my favorites. Also, not a Pixar movie, but an excellent score. 
uh, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, the movie from, what was it, like 2002, 2003, something like that. That movie has some of the best, like, the has one of the best scores of any movie. It's probably on my top ten list of favorite movie scores, of animated or otherwise. Um, I just, you know, because uh, I'm assuming animated movies is the, like, brand of content that you signed up for when you're here. I have a totally separate list of live-action film scores, one of which is Passengers from 2016, also a great score. But, you know, no matter what you're listening to, I hope that you at least sometimes listen to instrumental music or classical music, which counts as instrumental. Just music with no words, because it's nice to have just in the background while you're cleaning or, you know, reading or just mulling around the house doing whatever. You know, it's nice to have just a where you don't really have to pay attention, but you can just, you feel yourself flow through the music when it's just quiet in the background. You don't have to focus on it very hard. All right, so that was my little side rant about music. Music really sets the tone for any show, but I really like that they chose jazz to be the music that emphasizes emotions of this show. Jazz can really be any kind of mood. It can be slow and sad, or it could be upbeat and hyped. Uh, jazz is an adjective used to describe something that is bright and vibrant. So, my favorite styling of jazz, however, is Christmas music. That is also a, uh, like, if you search for jazz on YouTube, you can also find jazz Christmas music, which, of course, is, you know, it's my fave. It's my favorite thing to listen to. I personally start listening to Christmas music right at the end of July into August to, you know, you really, I smacked the mic and I hope you couldn't hear that, to really get you hyped it, you know, get, put yourself in the Christmas... And it's not like a 24-7 thing. It's just like, oh, I feel like listening to, uh, you know, Jingle Bell Rock or something. Not Jingle Bell Rock. I don't know why that was the first song that I said. But, you know, a Christmas song. I just feel like listening to it. So I will I will listen to it. I, There are no restraints on Christmas. Uh, I was like... I was really on a roll there. And then I just like... My train of thought just went... And we stopped. <laughs> So, you know, of course I love Christmas music. A lot of Christmas music has like a jazzy saxophone interlude and it's one of my favorite parts of those kind of songs. And I did not write down an example and it is 2.45 in the morning and I my brain is like, so I can't think of any song right now that has a jazzy interlude in the middle of it. But you know, just, just let it be known. That is one of my favorite parts of Christmas songs. <laughs> so, you know, no, being me, unsurprisingly, one of my favorite episodes of Hey Arnold happens to be Arnold's Christmas, which is the Christmas, I don't know if there's a Christmas special every season, I don't think so, but this is the Christmas special from season one. Um, going into this, I had seen a few video essays about this particular episode, and I knew it was going to be emotional, and I thought I was ready, but I was not. So, I am warning you ahead of time, it is emotional. <laughs> I don't feel like I can say that enough because again, I watched several videos and I thought I was ready because I knew what I was getting into before I went into it, but no, nah, I was not ready. I was still very emotional. I think I've said it before that I'm a sucker for a really good redemption arc, but more than that, I love when shows are able to take an episode to focus on a character outside the main focus of the show. So like this, I mean, obviously it's titled Hey Arnold, so obviously Arnold is the focus of the show, but the Christmas episode... I mean, you know, Arnold is a part of it, but it mainly focuses on Helga, and I appreciate that. 
I especially love it when the character that they focus on is an antagonist. I love being able to see a deeper motivation or just getting a better understanding of the characters in general. Zuko alone and the tales of Ba Sing Se are some of my favorite episodes of Avatar because they focus on individual characters or characters that are in the main group uh, acting as, you know, as teams instead of the, like, four of them together. I like, I like seeing how they interact individually versus as the group. Uh, like, show me some humanity, because real life is never as one-dimensional as a lot of shows make it seem, and the fact that all of this happens around Christmas is the cherry on top for me. So, let me, let me, okay, I, let me just warn y'all ahead of time, right now, and, like, further down, we, like, y'all are gonna get to know a lot of things about me, and I don't know why this just happened to come out, but, like, as I, I was just, like, you know, do-do-do-do, like, typing away on this little script, and all of a sudden I was like, wow, like, y'all are about to learn a lot of stuff about me this week, so you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like we can get to know each other a little bit better, because that's, uh, that was not my intention when I started typing the script, but it just kind of happened, and, you know, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind y'all knowing the stuff about me. It's just, like, it all happens... Like, it snowballs. All right. Focus. We're going to focus. So, I need to take a second to tell y'all a few things about myself, just in case you don't know me in real life, which I'm assuming a lot of you do not. But, hello if you do. Thanks for listening. I love everything about Christmas. The music, the Hallmark movies, the ugly sweaters, the cookies, all of it. I love everything about it. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Miracle on 34th Street, but the original from, like, 1945, and it must be in black and white, or it doesn't have the same, like, feel to it. I don't know why. I don't have anything against the colorized version, but if I had to pick, I will watch the black and white version every single time. But one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when Santa speaks Dutch to the little girl who doesn't speak English. I don't know why. Every time I watch that, even if, sometimes if I just, like, sit and think about how beautiful that scene is, I just cry. I don't know. That's just the kind of person I am. So, there's something really serendipitous about this band who just happens to speak the same language as this little girl, and obviously in the movie, it's because he really is Santa. Like, that's the whole point of the movie, is to prove that he's Santa. Santa is the beacon, is a beacon, of love and kindness and of everything great about humanity, and Christmas is the time when we all come together to be a little bit more like Santa in our own way. And y'all, listen, if we are not nice to each other this Christmas season. I know we're sad and I know we're upset because we've been stuck in the house for forever, but we need to make Christmas like beautiful and lovely, okay? So this is my PSA. Please be kind to each other this Christmas season, more so than you would normally be. Just like keep that in the back of your heads. All right, be a little bit more like Santa. Be the Santa that you want to see in the world. So yeah, okay. Christmas is the time that we all get to act a little bit more like Santa. Maybe it's volunteering to ring the bells for the Salvation Army. Maybe it's going to a nursing home to sing carols, or organizing a toy drive, or just donating to any organization that helps people. Just be more like Santa. I know Christmas is going to be rough this year, because a lot of us don't have jobs right now, but just, like, Christmas is not about the things, yo. It's about the experience. Like, just stay home. Do a puzzle. Read a book. Watch some movies. Just, like, be home with your family. I know that we've all been doing that for, like, months. But Christmas is going to be even more special because you're going to have a pine tree in your living room that's covered in glittery things. And it's going to be really beautiful. And I just need us to all have a good time together. I hope, it, like, my voice doesn't sound like it's shaking because I'm not trying to, like, make it sound like it's shaking. But it's almost 3 a.m., yo. We're just... We're chugging along. All right, so 
I have a quote. Another one of my favorite Christmas movies is the version of A Christmas Carol that Disney did with Jim Carrey in 2009. So it's like, oh, it's almost 10 years. It is 10 years old. Oh my gosh. It's 11, oh my gosh. Anyway, this is one of my favorite versions of A Christmas Carol. It's like this one and then Muppet Christmas Carol is a like very close number two. They could interchange flippantly depending on what time of the year you ask me what my favorite version of A Christmas Carol is. But anyway, <laughs> Fred, Scrooge's nephew, comes in and they're having this whole debate. Fred says, come to dinner. And Scrooge says, no, I'm not gonna because I like I don't celebrate Christmas, whatever. Meh, I'm a grumpy old man. And then... Uh, I don't remember, like, Scrooge says something to Fred, and then Fred retorts, I've always thought of Christmas as a kind, charitable time, a time when men open up their shut-up hearts and see all men as fellow travelers to the grave instead of some other race of creatures bound on other journeys. And although it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that Christmas has done me good and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. That's the whole quote. So... I don't know, bro. I just, I really appreciate Christmas. And that quote pretty much sums up how I feel about Christmas. Uh, at one point, I was going to get a Christmas tattoo. I didn't, I was going to, I was going to put it on my chest, over my heart, and it was going to be a Christmas tree with, like, a ribbon wrapped around it, and it was going to say, I will honor Christmas in my heart and vow to keep it all the year, because that's what Scrooge says when he wakes up from his, like, nightmare that he had that after he, like, fell in the grave of, you know, he meets the ghost of Christmas future, and it's all mysterious and whatever, but, like, I was... At one point, I was going to have a tattoo of Christmas, and now I'm not so sure, but, like, just know that that was a thing that went through my head at one point, because that's how much I enjoy Christmas. So, let's talk about Arnold's Christmas, now that y'all have gotten to know a little bit about how I feel about Christmas. The members of the boarding house draw names for Secret Santa, and Arnold draws Mr. Wynn, and he doesn't know very much about Mr. Wynn, so he spends some time getting to try to know him. Mr. Wynn is usually really sad around Christmas, and Arnold asks him why, and he tells Arnold... Uh, the story of how he had to give his daughter over to some soldiers in order to ha for her to have a better life while he tried to escape from Vietnam during the war. When he handed her over to the soldiers, one of them yelled the name of, the si of a city, and the first chance he got, Mr. Wynn moved to the U.S. to that city in hopes of trying to find her, but so far he hasn't been able to do so. I, th I think in the, in the special he says how long it's been, but I can't remember what he says. Regardless of the time... Arnold immediately knows what he's going to get Mr. Wynn for Christmas. He decides that he's going to try to find his daughter for him. And, like, bless Arnold, because, like, yes, absolutely. That is, yes, that's what, that's what Christmas is about. So Arnold and Gerald go to the Bureau of Information on Christmas Eve, and they find a guy who's working really late. They ask him to help find Mr. Wynn's daughter, and he dismisses them pretty quickly, saying that it's Christmas Eve and he's way too busy. When they walk out of his office, they overhear him on the phone talking to his wife and saying that he hasn't done the Christmas shopping yet, but he's, you know, he's going to. Arnold and Gerald go back into his office and offer to do all of his shopping in exchange for this act of goodwill on Christmas Eve. And he says if they come back with everything on the list, he will try running a search for this girl, but he doesn't make any promises. The fact that he specifies everything on the list is the kicker here, because the B-plot of this episode focuses on Helga, and all she wants for Christmas is a pair of Nancy Spumoni snow boots. Uh, but so does every other girl in the city. These boots are, like, the hot thing for this Christmas. I, the only thing that I can personally equate this to is Ugg boots when they started getting really popular in the U.S. 
or a few years or a few years ago when Hatchimals were super popular, they were like the toy of the holiday season, and every store everywhere was sold out of them like weeks before Christmas. Like everywhere was sold out. All the toy stores, every mall, Amazon. Nobody had Hatchimals. I just remember because I remember personally because I have I have a cousin who has daughters, and that was like the number one thing that they wanted for Christmas that year was like Hatchimals, and she was like, I don't know where we're gonna get Hatchimals from because ain't nobody got any. And it was I think it was like December twenty third when like Walmart and everybody like restocked, and she was like, We gotta go. We gotta go get these toys. <laughs> So, anyway, Helga really wants these boots. And on the surface, we see Helga as the bully for most of the show. But we know that she has a soft spot for Arnold. And I feel like if you have any kind of experience with a Christmas miracle-type movie or show, you can already kind of see where this is going. But let me tell the story, because I really like it. So Helga really wants these boots. And every store in the city is sold out of them and has been for weeks. There's, like, these are the, like, hot thing of the holiday season. Also, through most of this episode, Helga is going all over the city trying to figure out the perfect Christmas gift for Arnold. And, okay, the only thing left on the shopping list for Arnold and Gerald is a pair of Nancy Spumoni boots. So they go all over the city looking for them, and all the stores are sold out. So they go back to the guy, whose name is Mr. Bailey, and they tell him that they got everything but the boots. And he says, no deal, because the boots are the only thing that his daughter wants for Christmas. So they go outside, and they're pretty defeated, and they sit on a, you know, on the bench. And Gerald tries to reassure Arnold that even if they don't find Mr. Wynn's daughter... It will still be a Merry Christmas, and he, you know, Arnold tried his best, and even if, you know, it was a long shot anyway, so there was no guarantee that they were going to be able to pull this off. Wherever Arnold is, Helga is not far behind, so she's listening to the boys talking, and when they get up to catch their bus, Arnold drops the shopping list of stuff that they were supposed to get for Mr. Bailey, and she picks it up and puts it in her pocket, not really thinking much about it. Then she gets home, and her mom, like, notices that she's kind of sad and whatever, and so she offers to let Helga open up one of her Christmas presents early, and she opens it, and it's the boots! She's super excited. That was the only, you know, not really the only thing, but, like, the thing that Helga really wanted. She puts them on, and she runs outside to test them out, and while she's running around, the list flies out of her pocket and, like, lands right in front of her. So... Now she has to decide if she is going to give up the one thing that she wanted for Christmas in order to give Arnold what he really wants, which is to make somebody else happy. So it's like a domino effect. Um, not the next scene, but there's like a scene in between, and then it goes to Mr. Bailey locking up the building. He's leaving for the night. He's got all his Christmas shopping done, you know, his Christmas shopping that Arnold and Gerald did. But Helga runs up and thrusts these boots into his hands, and she's like, we have got to go back in there and find this lost girl. And then there's, you know, there's an exchange of words or whatever. Uh, not like an exchange, not like they're not like yelling at each other, but Helga's trying to convince him to come back in and look for this girl because she's like we gotta we gotta do this and then she says look into your heart and we've got a choice here either you and i work all night to find a certain lost daughter or you can leave now but if you leave now that little football headed kid will never believe in miracles again and bless helga because mm. So the next scene is Christmas morning and Gerald comes over to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and he's just in time for all the boarders to exchange their secret Santa gifts. Everybody opens their gifts and Grandpa wishes everybody a Merry Christmas but then somebody points out that Mr. Wynn didn't get anything. 
Arnold is just about to get up and explain to him what's going on when there's a knock at the door. So Grandpa goes to get it, and when he comes back in, he comes in with Mr. Wynn's daughter, and everybody is super excited, and Gerald tells Arnold that miracles really can happen, and then we cut to Helga standing outside, wishing Arnold a Merry Christmas. I love this. I love it for a lot of different reasons. When Arnold draws Mr. Wynn for Secret Santa, he doesn't just decide to get him something meaningless like a tie. He goes and he talks to him to learn more about him, which is like, honestly, it's very mature for Arnold because I feel like me as a nine-year-old, if I had drawn somebody's name and I didn't know very much about them, I would just be like, oh, you get a gift card or, you know, that's, I feel like that's the standard thing. Like if you don't know somebody very well, you're like, oh, here you go. Have a, a $30 Visa gift card. I don't know what to get you and it feels tacky to give cash so like here's this here's this piece of plastic when it really comes down to it Helga is not as selfish as some may initially write her off to be in the end she's willing to sacrifice her happiness for somebody else's and the best part is the fact that she doesn't care if she gets the credit for it the point of Helga giving up the thing that she wanted most isn't so that she could get the glory for it she didn't even come inside the boarding house she just stood outside and whispered Merry Christmas to Arnold Doing something good for someone else, doing something good for goodness sake, is often reward in itself. And I appreciate the show showing that. Uh, the recognition is nice sometimes, but if that is the driving force, then doing good wasn't the actual goal. It was all for show. I really appreciate that they added that little tidbit in. Because at the that's the heart of what Christmas is about, is just doing good for goodness sake. So... Obviously, that episode is one of my favorites because it's all centered around Christmas and, you know, I love everything about Christmas. I also have a favorite Halloween episode, but I'm saving that for October because I have an entire month of spooky stuff planned and I'm very excited. I have seen... I did not remember that this episode existed. Like, I don't remember most episodes of Hey Arnold existed, but I saw this one and I've since seen it roughly ten times because I think it's that good. It's very fun. I'm very excited to talk about it in October when it is time for spooky stuff. This is going to sound kind of weird, but do you remember the Mrs. Butterworth commercials where the bottle talked? The only one I really remember is the little boy asking why she tastes so good, but then when I search that on YouTube, all I find is the meme version, and, I, like, I can't find the original commercial. I don't know. I must have been really young when I first saw that commercial because it gave me nightmares, and I don't really know why. At least for most of my life, I thought it was the Mrs. Butterworth syrup, but then recently I watched an episode of Hey Arnold where Phoebe cheats to win a poetry contest, and she wins this trophy that kind of looks like a Mrs. Butterworth syrup bottle, and she feels so guilty that she starts to imagine that the statue is talking to her, and I think at one point she yells and says the statues don't talk, and now that I've seen that episode as an adult, I think that is the thing that gave me nightmares, and not the really, like, pleasant, cute-talking bottle of syrup. Um... I don't know. I also used to think the light in my hallway, like in the hallway of my bedroom into my bathroom was moving while I was trying to sleep. So like maybe it was a combination of like the syrup bottle and that episode of Hey Arnold. I don't know. It, like it got so bad that my parents replaced the light in the hallway so I could sleep. I feel like when I say moving, it makes it seem like the room was spinning while I was laying down, which is a totally different issue, but that's not what was happening. Now, this, like, I, I don't know, I have this whole scenario worked out in my head where the light was coming to get me. You know how little kids, like, imagine things. Like, I swear I could actually see it inching down the hallway toward me. I was also really afraid to have my fan in my bedroom oscillate in the middle of the night because I thought that the fan and the light in the hallway were in cahoots and they were going to come and like kidnap me in the middle of the night or something. I don't know, yo. I was a really anxious kid. I, I always had trouble sleeping because I was afraid of everything. Just like everything. Literally everything. 
I also had an incredibly irrational fear of sharks. Um, I didn't want to be in the tub if there was not a cover on the drain, which, you know, again, is a common thing for most kids, I think. But most kids don't want to get sucked down the drain. I feel like that's the fear. In my head, this little piece of rubber was the only thing that was stopping me from being eaten by a shark that was lurking in the pipes, just waiting for me to let my guard down. Like, I don't, I don't know, yo. I have no idea where this fear came from, but I can tell you that I still get very anxious when I play Treasure Trove Cove in Banjo-Kazooie. If you fall in the water, a shark appears and it will bite you. I don't care that he has a cute name. Every time I have to swim under that dock to go get that Jinjo, my heart rate skyrockets. I cannot handle it. Like, literally teetering on the verge of having a full panic attack. I cannot handle... Because it's like the, dun, 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 it's the like Jaws theme, like playing as this like, you know, like really poorly animated shark swims up against, I, you know, whatever. I just, I can't handle it. I also cannot handle uh, Clanker's Cavern. I cannot handle, like, he looks just enough like a shark to make me anxious. And, like, I'm only in there long enough to collect the absolute minimum number of jiggies that I need to unlock the next uh, world. Like, I have never completed that game 100% because I refuse to swim around in that water with that shark-looking thing any longer than I have to. So, just let that be known. I don't know where that fear comes from. I don't know, yo. It just, it's a thing. Yeah, we gotta live with it. <laughs> So, I didn't mean for that to turn into, like, a get-to-know-me section, but that's what I was referencing earlier, is just, you're gonna get to know all of my weird fears that I have. But the shark thing is really important. I talked earlier about the Urban Legend episodes of Hey Arnold being some of the most memorable parts of the show, and I wanted to take a sec and talk about Big Caesar, because Big Caesar is another thing that just is close enough to looking like a shark that it kind of freaked me out, but I also kind of couldn't look away like a train wreck. So, Big Caesar is this fish that is like supposedly prehistoric and it's supposed to be swimming around in the lake in the middle of the city and apparently it's been there for centuries like it's just it's old it's a really old fish everybody thinks that it's just a myth but then arnold and gerald actually end up catching him and they could have won a fishing contest if they brought him in but arnold convinces gerald to let him go and this was another episode that i had seen but i didn't really remember until i saw it recently uh my fear of sharks is not nearly as strong as it used to be when I was a kid, but again, will not play that one level of Banjo-Kazooie, and Big Caesar was just shark-like enough to make me be like, ooh, but like also, you know, I still kind of wanted to watch and see what was happening. <laughs> the build-up to finally seeing him is really cool, because there's a few underwater shots, so we know that there's something down there. We can't get a good look at it until the boys catch it. I don't really have any deep thoughts about that episode, just another urban legend that I thought was kind of cool. Another of my favorite episodes centers around the gang and the whole neighborhood trying to break a world record. They try a bunch of stuff. Uh, the only two that I remember is, like, most kids on a, on a single bike or something like that because they pile, like, 20 kids on a bike and they go down a really steep hill and they crash into something and Eugene ends up getting hurt. Bless Eugene. He's always so happy despite having, like, you know, broken arm or, like, concussion or whatever it is. He's always hurt, but he's always so chipper. Bless him. <laughs> I admire his spirit. And the other record that I, they try to break that I remember is the biggest pizza pocket, which they also almost do with the help of everybody in the neighborhood, but then somebody puts too much baking soda in the thing and it explodes. That I have been, when I was baking earlier, that was like the only thing that I could, I was quoting back and forth 
to myself because I'm home by myself because Madison's at work. Uh, there's, I think it's Sid that is in charge of the, like, the baking soda. And somebody says something like teaspoon. He's like, TSP? Is that what that's, it, it, does it stand for teaspoon? And they're like, yeah, what did you think it stood for? And he goes, 10 square pounds. And then he goes, Poof! And the pizza bucket blows up, and it, like, shrouds the entire neighborhood in pizza sauce. It's very funny. It's just, that's one of the things that's, like, kind of fantastical. Like, it's not too out of the, like, you know, it's not too far outside the realm of possibility for a group of fourth graders to want to attempt to break a world record. However, comma, it is very unlikely that you would make a pizza pocket the size of your backyard, and someone would mistakenly put 10 square pounds of baking soda into this crust, and it would therefore explode, covering the entire neighborhood in pizza sauce. Again, it's very funny. It's very comical, but, like, it's one of the things that, like, would not happen in real life, but it's just believable enough for you to be like, oh, that would be really fun if we made, like, if we baked the entire neighborhood. It's, how would you bake something like that? You would need an enormous oven. Okay, alright. Just the logistics of that just hit me very suddenly. So, they didn't end up breaking any of the world records that they actually attempted to break, but they did break the world record for most world record attempts by a single group of people. So, they ended up being in the book anyway, just not for what they thought they were going to be. When I was in middle school, our school tried to break a world record. I cannot remember what for. I think it was most Diet Coke and Mentos geysers like shooting off at one time like succinctly or something I don't remember it was something to that nature something of that nature we almost did it not we because I wasn't there I didn't go but they almost did it I think they were short like 10 people to actually break the record and I, then I think they tried again the next year and I cannot remember if they broke the record or not but I do remember that we attempted it so that is something that I had a personal connection to with Hey Arnold I was like oh I remember kind of doing that Again, not me, because I didn't go, but us, as a school, attempted a world record. <laughs> There's also an episode where the class takes a field trip to see an opera, and through each act of the show, a different kid falls asleep, but they all kind of have the same dream. It's kind of weird. We went to Chicago when I was in, I want to say, 8th grade, and we saw Phantom of the Opera. And let me tell you, I slept hard through that entire thing. The only part that I woke up for was when they played the organ and they brought the chandelier down over the audience. Like that was the only thing. And I'm glad that I woke up, like I'm glad that I woke up to the sound of the organ playing and not the like waking up to the chandelier like gliding over me as it made its way down the audience because we were sitting like in the balcony, like right behind where the chandelier was being stored until it was that, you know, that cue hit and the chandelier came across. Like, I'm really glad that I heard the organ and then woke up and did not wake up as the chandelier was coming across my face because I feel like that would have really freaked me out. And I probably would have had to like leave because I would have been too freaked. I, cause again, I had no idea what was going on. I slept hard through that entire thing. To this day, still have not seen Phantom of the Opera. However, did take a marvelous nap through that entire thing. I don't even... I, I don't remember if it was for choir or, like, why we went. If it was just, like, an elective. Like, if you wanted to go see this musical, then you could go see it. So, like, I don't know why. If it was, like, voluntary, I don't know why I went. Because I, I knew darn well that I did not want to go see this opera as an 8th grader. But, like, my friend who was sitting right next to me, she was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Don't you love it? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. This is a marvelous soundtrack to nap to. I don't... 
I don't remember anything. And I've since, like, heard some of the songs, and, like, bro, those are beautiful songs, but I don't remember anything about it because I slept hard through the entire thing. I could go on for a really long time about how good Hey Arnold is, and also just how good it feels to watch it again. It makes you remember how it felt to be a kid, the good and the bad parts. Every episode feels like something that you would remember from childhood until later at a party or if your old friends got together for something. One of the best parts about Hey Arnold is the fact that there's no real story to it outside of just being about kids having fun and being kids doing kids stuff. There's no real entry point. You can just kind of watch whatever episode you want. If you want to just watch the Urban Legend episodes, do it. If you just want to see the Christmas episode that if you just want to see the Christmas special, highly recommend. I'll probably be adding it to my rotation of Christmas movies and Christmas like themed episodes of shows for this holiday season. If there's an episode that you kind of remember, Google it and just watch that episode because I promise it really is as good as you remember it being. It's just so relaxing. Just zone out on the couch for 20 minutes and remember what it felt like to be nine because that's really what this show feels like. That's all I've got for this week. If you have thoughts about this show or any of the shows that I cover here, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to Twitter and follow at Kelby underscore cartoons for updates about future episodes and all other forms of cartoon-related chaos. I'm also always looking for new cartoons to watch, and I would love to hear your recommendations. Might not get to it right away, but will eventually get to it. Always looking for new shows to watch. I hope you plan to watch the show I covered this week. Thanks for listening, and happy Saturday, or whatever day it is, whenever you're listening. Happy whatever, and happy binging. <laughs>